Some short writings from Mark Twain. Accident. I am not able to conceive of such a thing as the thing which we call an accident. That is to say, an event without a cause. Each event has its own place in the eternal chain of circumstances. Whether it be big or little, it will infallibly cause the next event. Whether the next event be the breaking of a child's toy or the destruction of a throne. But I like that word, accident. Although it is, in my belief, absolutely destitute of meaning, I like it because it is short and handy and because it answers so well and so conveniently and so briefly in designating happenings which we should otherwise have to describe as odd, curious, interesting, and so on. One million of us die annually. Out of this million, ten or twelve thousand are stabbed, shot, drowned, hanged, poisoned, or meet a similarly violent death in some other popular way. Now the Erie Railroad kills from 23 to 46. The other 845 railroads kill an average of one-third of a man each, and the rest of that million, amounting in the aggregate to the appalling figure of 987,631 corpses, die naturally in their beds. You will excuse me from taking any more chances on those beds. The railroads are good enough for me. on the topic of ant. Ant. A-N-T. It seems to me that in the matter of intellect, the ant must be a strangely overrated bird. During many summers now, I have watched him, when I ought to have been in better business, and I have not yet come across a living ant that seemed to have any more sense than a dead one. I refer to the ordinary ant, of course, I have had no experience of those wonderful Swiss and African ones which vote, keep drilled armies, hold slaves, and dispute about religion. Those particular ants may be all that the naturalist paints them. But I am persuaded that the average ant is a sham. I admit his industry, of course. He is the hardest working creature in the world when anybody is looking. But his leather-headedness is the point I make against him. He goes out foraging. He makes a capture. And then, what does he do? Go home? No. He goes anywhere but home. He doesn't know where home is. His home may be only three feet away. No matter. He can't find it. 
He makes his capture, as I have said. It is generally something which can be of no sort of use to him or anybody else. It is usually seven times bigger than it ought to be. He hunts out the awkwardest places to take hold of it, and he lifts it bodily up in the air by main force and starts not toward home, but in the opposite direction, not calmly and wisely, but with a frantic haste, which is wasteful of his strength. He fetches up against a pebble, and instead of going around it, he climbs over it, backwards dragging his booty after him, tumbles down on the other side, jumps up in the passion, kicks the dust off his clothes, moistens his hands, grabs his property viciously, yanks it this way, then that, shoves it ahead of him, a moment, turns around and lugs it after them, another moment. He gets madder and madder, then presently hoists it into the air and goes tearing away into an entirely new direction, comes to a weed. It never occurs to him to go around it. No, he must climb it. And he does climb it, dragging his worthless property to the top, which is as bright a thing to do as it would be for me to carry a sack of flour from Heidelberg to Paris by way of Strasbourg steeple, When he gets up there, he finds that there is not that place, takes a cursory glance at the scenery, and either climbs down again or tumbles down and starts off once more, as usual, in a new direction. At the end of a half an hour, he fetches up within six inches of the place he started from and lays his burden down. Meantime, he has been over all the ground for two yards around and climbed all the weeds and pebbles he came across. Now he wipes the sweat from his brow, strokes his limbs, and then marches aimlessly off in as violent a hurry as ever. He traverses a good deal of zigzag country, and by and by stumbles on his same booty again. He does not remember to have ever seen it before. He looks around to see which is not the way home, grabs his bundle and starts, He goes through the same adventures he had before, finally stops to rest, and a friend comes along. Evidently, the friend remarks that a last year's grasshopper leg is a very noble acquisition, and inquires where he got it. Evidently, the proprietor does not remember exactly where he did get it, but thinks he got it around here somewhere. Evidently, the friend contracts to help him freight it home. Then, with a judgment, peculiarly antic, they take hold of opposite ends of that grasshopper leg and begin to tug with all their might in opposite directions. Presently, they take a rest and confer together. They decide that something is wrong. They can't make out what. Then they go at it again, just as before. Same result. Mutual recriminations follow. Evidently, each accuses the other of being an obstructionist. They warm up, and the dispute ends in a fight. They lock themselves together and chew each other's jaws for a while. Then they roll and tumble on the ground till one loses a horn or a leg and has to haul off for repairs. They make up and they go to work again in the same old insane way, but the crippled ant is at a disadvantage. 
tug as he may, the other one drags off the booty and him at the end of it. Instead of giving up, he hangs on and gets his shins bruised against every obstruction that comes in the way. By and by, when that grasshopper leg has been dragged all over the same old ground once more, it is finally dumped at about the spot where it originally lay. The two perspiring ants inspect it thoughtfully and they decide the dried grasshopper legs are a poor sort of property after all, and then each starts off in a different direction to see if he can find an old nail or something else that is heavy enough to afford entertainment and at the same time valueless enough to make an ant want to own it. Science has recently discovered that the ant does not lay up anything for winter use. This will knock him out of literature to some extent. He does not work except when people are looking and only when the observer has a green naturalistic look and seems to be taking notes. This amounts to deception and will injure him for the Sunday schools. He has not judgment enough to know what is good to eat from what isn't. This amounts to ignorance and will impair the world's respect for him. He cannot stroll around a stump and find his way home again. This amounts to idiocy, and once the damaging fact is established, thoughtful people will cease to look up to him. The sentimental will cease to fondle him. His vaunted industry is but a vanity and no effect, since he never gets home with anything he starts with. This disposes of this last remnant of his reputation and wholly destroys his main usefulness as a moral agent, since it will make the sluggard hesitate to go to him anymore. It is strange, beyond comprehension, that so manifest a humbug as the ant has been able to fool so many nations and keep it up so many ages without being found out. Mark Twain on Insanity We know that in all matters of mere opinion that every man is insane, just as insane as we are. We know exactly where to put our finger upon his insanity. It is where his opinion differs from ours. That is a simple rule and easy to remember. When I, a thoughtful and unbiased Presbyterian, examine the Koran, I know that beyond any question, every Mohammedan is insane. Not in all things, but in religious matters. When a thoughtful and unbiased Mohammedan examines the Westminster Catechism, he knows that beyond any question, I am spiritually insane. I cannot prove to him that he is insane because you never can prove anything to a lunatic, for that is part of his insanity and the evidence of it. He cannot prove to me that I am insane, for my mind has the same defect that his has. All Democrats are insane, but no one of them knows it. 
none but the Republicans. All the Republicans are insane, but only the Democrats can perceive it. The rule is perfect. In all matters of opinion, our adversaries are insane.